freely bestowed upon us. For the beauty and wonder of your creation in earth and sky and sea. We thank you, Lord. For all that is gracious in the lives of women and men, revealing the image of Christ. We thank you, Lord. For our daily food and drink, our homes and families and our friends. We thank you, Lord. For minds to think and hearts to love and hands to serve. We thank you, Lord. For health and strength to work and leisure to rest and play. We thank you, Lord. For the brave and courageous who are patient in suffering and faithful in diversity. We thank you, Lord. For all valiant seekers after truth, liberty, and justice. We thank you, Lord. For the communion of saints in all times and in all places. We thank you, Lord. Above all, we give you thanks for the great mercies and promises given to us in Christ Jesus, our Lord. To you be praise and glory with the new world Father and the Holy Spirit, now and forever. Amen. Let us pray together. Almighty God, unto whom all hearts are open, all desires known, and from whom no secrets are hid, cleanse the thoughts of our hearts by the inspiration of thy Holy Spirit, that we may perfectly love thee, and worthily magnify thy holy name. Through Christ our Lord. Amen. Hear what our Lord Jesus Christ saith. Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart and with all thy soul and with all thy mind. This is the first and greatest commitment. And the second is like unto it. Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. On these two commitments hang all of the Torah and the prophets. to help ourselves. Keep us both outwardly in our bodies and inwardly in our souls, that we may be defended from all adversities which may happen to the body, and from all evil thoughts which may assault and hurt the soul. Through Jesus Christ our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, forever and ever. Amen. reading from Exodus. From the wilderness of sin, 
the whole congregation of the Israelites journeyed by stages as the Lord commanded. They camped at Rephidim, but there was no water for the people to drink. The people quarreled with Moses and said, Give us water to drink. Moses said to them, Why do you quarrel with me? Why do you test the Lord? But the people thirsted there for water, and the people complained against Moses and said, Why did you bring us out of Egypt to kill us and our children and livestock with thirst? So Moses cried out to the Lord, What shall I do with this people? They are almost ready to stone me. The Lord said to Moses, Go on ahead of the people and take some of the eldest of elders of Israel with you. Take in your hand the staff with which you struck the Nile and go. I will be standing there in front of you on the rock at Horeb. Strike the rock, and the water will come out of it, so that the people may drink. Moses did so in the sight of the elders of Israel. He called the place Massa and Meribah, because the Israelites quarreled and tested the Lord, saying, Is the Lord among us or not? Hear what the Spirit is saying to God's people. Thanks be to God. Psalm 95, we will read responsively by the half verse. Come, let us sing to the Lord. Let us shout for joy to the rock of our salvation. Let us come before God's presence with thanksgiving. And raise a loud shout to the Lord with songs. For the Lord is a great God. And a great sovereign above all gods. The Lord holds the caverns of the earth and sustains the heights of the hills. The sea belongs to God who made it, whose hands have molded the dry land. Come, let us bow down and bend the knee and kneel before the Lord our Maker. For the Lord is our God, and we are the people of God's pasture and the sheep of God's hand. Oh, let today you Harden not your hearts as your ancestors did in the wilderness. At Meribah and on that day at Massah, when they tempted me, they put me to the test, though they had seen my works. Forty years long I detested that generation and said, This people are wayward in their hearts, they do not know my ways. So I swore in my wrath, they shall not enter into my rest. A reading from Romans. Since we are justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have obtained access to this grace in which we stand.
and we boast in our hope of sharing the glory of God. And not only that, but we also boast in our sufferings, knowing that suffering produces endurance, and endurance produces character, and character produces hope. And hope does not disappoint us because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit that has been given to us. For while we were still weak, at the right time, Christ died for the ungodly. Indeed, rarely will anyone die for a righteous person, though perhaps for a good person, someone might actually dare to die. But God proves his love for us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Much more surely then, now that we have been justified by his blood, will we be saved through him from the wrath of God. For if while we were enemies, we were reconciled to God through the death of his son, much more surely having been reconciled, will we be saved by his life. But more than that, we even boast in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have received reconciliation. Hear what the Spirit is saying to God's people.
Holy Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to John. Glory be to thee, Lord Christ. Jesus came to a Samaritan city called Sychar, near the plot of ground that Jacob had given to his son Joseph. Jacob's well was there, and Jesus, tired out, tired out by his journey, was sitting by the well. It was about noon. A Samaritan woman came to draw water, and Jesus said to her, Give me a drink. His disciples had gone to the city to buy food. The Samaritan woman said to him, How is it that you, a Jew, ask a drink of me, a woman of Samaria? <clears throat> Jews do not share things in common with Samaritans. Jesus answered her, If you knew the gift of God, and who it is that is saying to you, Give me a drink, you would have asked him, and he would have given you living water. The woman said to him, Sir, you have no bucket, and the well is deep. Where do you get that living water? Are you greater than our ancestor Jacob, who gave us the well, and with his sons and his flocks drank from it? Jesus said to her, Everyone who drinks of this water will be thirsty again. But those who drink of the water that I will give them will never be thirsty. The water that I will give will become in them a spring of water gushing up to eternal life. The woman said to him, Sir, give me this water so that I may never be thirsty or have to keep coming here to draw water. Jesus said to her, Go call your husband and come back. The woman answered him, I have no husband. Jesus said to her, You are right in saying, I have no husband, for you have had five husbands, and the one you have now is not your husband. What you have said is true. The woman said to him, Sir, I see you are a prophet. Our ancestors worshipped on this mountain, but you say that the place where people must worship is in Jerusalem. Jesus said to her, Woman, believe me, the hour is coming when you will worship the Father neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem. You worship what you do not know. We worship what we know, for salvation is from the Jews. But the hour is coming and is now here when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and truth, for the Father seeks such as these to worship him. God is spirit, and those who worship him must worship in spirit and truth. The woman said to him, I know that Messiah is coming, who is called Christ. When he comes, he will proclaim all things to us. Jesus said to her, I am he, the one who is speaking to you. Just then his disciples came. They were astonished that he was speaking with a woman, but no one said, what do you want or why are you speaking with her? Then the woman left her water jar and went back to the city. She said to the people, come and see a man who told me everything I have ever done. He cannot be the Messiah, can he? They left the city and were on their way to him. Meanwhile, the disciples were urging him, Rabbi, eat something. But he said to them, I have food to eat that you do not know about. So the disciples said to one another, Surely no one has brought him something to eat. 
Jesus said to them, my food is to do the will of him who sent me and to complete his work. Do you not say four months more and then comes the harvest? <clears throat> but I tell you, look around you and see how the fields are ripe for harvesting. The reaper is already receiving wages and is gathering fruit for eternal life so that sower and reaper may rejoice together. For here the saying holds true, one sows and another reaps. I set you to reap that for which you did not labor. Others have labored, and you have entered into their labor. Many Samaritans from that city believed in him because of the woman's testimony. He told me everything I have ever done. So when the Samaritans came to him, they asked him to stay with them, and he stayed there two days. And many more believed because of his word. They said to the woman, it is no longer because of what you said that we believe, for we have heard for ourselves, and we know that this is truly the Savior of the world. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise be to thee, Lord Christ. Please be seated. These are God's children, and yet they are behaving like animals. They <clears throat> need us to help them recover the humanity they have lost. These are the words of a person arrested and tortured during the notorious apartheid regime in South Africa. I will show this morning how, as St. Paul writes in today's epistle, God's grace empowered sentiments such as this in victims of the tragic injustices committed by one group on another in South Africa during the apartheid years to the extent that the miracle of healing could begin. A miracle which, though still a work in progress, inspired the rest of the world. I was supposed to talk about this last, last month, uh, it being Black History Month, but we had to postpone it for a number of reasons. But it is, of course, just as appropriate to consider repentance, forgiveness, and reconciliation during Lent. To understand the significance of South Africa's transformation, we need to know a little of the context in which it happened. So allow me to provide some background. <coughs> This summary will be inadequate, given a history as complex as South Africa's. And it may seem too detailed, given that this is a short homily, but some understanding of the past is necessary. South Africa is about twice the size of Texas and is situated at the southern end of the African continent. The original inhabitants lived peacefully for centuries until the first explorers arrived from Europe by sea in the late 1400s, and simultaneously by land from further north in Africa. The ensuing struggles for the fertile land, for a strategic harbor on the west-east sea route, and the vast mineral wealth led to centuries of virtually constant struggle, 
for control by a long list of European powers, treating the territory like a piece in a chess game, resulting in violent wars with and among the powerful tribes from the north, all at the expense of the indigenous people, particularly the original inhabitants of South Africa, who are now virtually extinct. To skip somewhat recklessly, by the mid-1900s, Africans of indigenous descent, about 80% of the population, were ruled by an oppressive autocratic regime elected and run by less than 10% of the population, those who were of European descent. This white minority government brought apartheid into law in 1948, 10 years before I was born. It was a system of enforced segregation at every level of life, politically, socially, and economically, and lasted for 45 years. These were the darkest years in our already turbulent history. During this period, wholesale crimes against humanity were committed. Attempts at peaceful protest by figures such as Gandhi, Nelson Mandela, and many more had little effect. Recklessly again, I'll skip forward to 1994, when, despite our worst fears, transition to true democracy was negotiated. And for the first time ever, all adult South Africans, regardless of race, were allowed to vote. A transitional government of national unity came into power with Nelson Mandela as our first democratically elected president. Despite having been a political prisoner for 27 years, Mandela did not have an ounce of bitterness in him and practiced reconciliation and forgiveness. He believed that in order to heal, South Africa's victims needed a cathartic process through which they could express their grievances as they had experienced them. As far as the perpetrators were concerned, he believed the truth needed to be told, but that lengthy, expensive trials were not the answer. He also believed that resolution needed to be quick, without the possibility of long-term future litigation hanging over the perpetrators and the country for generations. And so he advocated for a compromise, a Truth and Reconciliation Commission, or TRC. President Mandela called a priest, not a judge, to chair the commission. He chose the head of the Anglican, the equivalent of the Episcopal Church in Southern Africa, Archbishop, or as we might say, Presiding Bishop, Desmond Tutu, to fulfill that task. First, a little about Archbishop Tutu, or the Arch, as he became known. Um, I will begin by mentioning my connections with him as I've been asked to do so. He and my father were professors at the same seminary. Our families became friends. My siblings and I were similar ages to the Tutu children. He and his wife were, in effect, my sister's godparents. Um, we visited with each other and traveled together in an era when, in, when South African laws and systems worked to keep races apart, somewhat, um, uh, sometimes extremely cruelly. He and my father served together on the House of Bishops. In my later years in South Africa, I worked with him and the Archbishop's office on a number of musical liturgical events. In 1986, Archbishop Tutu was the first person of color to be elected Archbishop. A fearless critic of apartheid, he knew 
what it was like to be treated as a third-class citizen in his own country. In 1984, he had been awarded the Nobel Peace Prize, which gave him and the anti-apartheid movement international prominence. As a result of him highlighting the plight of black South Africans, at a general convention of the Episcopal Church, several prominent Episcopalians took his message to Congress, which resulted in the US considering economic sanctions against the apartheid regime for the first time. At a time when all black resistance leaders were either in jail or in exile, Tutu, a reluctant hero, was one of the few still able to campaign for freedom. He continued to be a vehement critic of injustice and corruption, including when it was carried out by the current majority government, up until uh, his death just over a year ago. After being called by President Mandela to set up the TRC, Tutu and his team established that the commission had three primary tasks, which were investigating human rights abuses, granting reparations where appropriate, and granting unconditional amnesty where appropriate. As chairperson of the TRC, the Archbishop turned to his Christian faith and his African heritage for inspiration. In his book, No Future Without Forgiveness, he refers to the importance of Ubuntu, an African spiritual philosophy which holds that the humanity of a person exists through that person's relationship with other people, or I am because we are. Ubuntu and its intersection with the Christian values of loving our neighbors as ourselves and our baptismal vow to respect the dignity of every human being informed the work of the TRC. Some felt that pardons and amnesty came too easily and too cheaply. Though, of the 7,000 applications for amnesty, only 800 were granted. As far as too easy and too cheap, if we believe, as Tutu said, that the oppressor was dehumanized as much, if not more, than the oppressed, then some of the punishment and healing had already occurred simply by the oppressor coming clean. The benefits of the TRC are considered to have been, firstly, bringing out the truth, more truth than purely legal proceedings would have brought out, we believe. And secondly, a degree of catharsis and reconciliation achieved through the process of telling, asking, and providing forgiveness. The peaceful transition to democracy in South Africa, as well as numerous references to these proceedings as being a model for possible future reconciliation in other troubled parts of the world, are proof of the relative success of the process in South Africa. A process that I believe would not have happened without the tremendous capacity that many South Africans had to open their hearts to God's grace, which enabled some, someone to say, these are God's children and yet they are behaving like animals. They need us to help them recover the humanity they have lost. Amen.
We stand now to proclaim our faith in the words of the Nicene Creed. <coughs> <coughs> We believe in one God, the Father, the Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, of all that is seen and unseen. We believe in one Lord, Jesus Christ, the only Son of God, eternally begotten of the Father, God from God, light from light, true God from true God, begotten not made, of one being with the Father. Through him all things are made. For us and for our salvation, he came down from heaven. By the power of the Holy Spirit, he became incarnate for the Virgin Mary and was made man. For our sake, he was crucified under Pontius Pilate. He suffered death and was buried. On the third day, he rose again in accordance with the scriptures. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again in glory to judge the living and the dead, and his kingdom will have no end. We believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son. With the Father and the Son, he is worshipped and glorified. He has spoken to the prophets. We believe in the one holy Catholic and apostolic church. We acknowledge one baptism for the forgiveness of sins. We look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Amen. The prayers of the people. In peace we pray to you, Lord God. For all people in their daily life and work, for our families, friends, and neighbors, and for those who are alone. For this community, the nation, and the world. For all who work for justice, freedom, and peace. For St. Thomas the Apostle's School. For those who teach and those who learn, that they may rejoice in the knowledge of your truth. For the just and proper use of your creation. For the victims of hunger, fear, injustice, and oppression. For all who are in danger, sorrow, or any kind of trouble. For those who minister to the sick, the friendless, and the needy. For the peace and unity of the Church of God. For all who proclaim the gospel, and all who seek the truth. For all bishops, priests, and deacons. For the priests in our community, Mike, Jim, and Craig. For Andy, Hector, Jeff, Kay, and Scott, our bishops, in the diocesan cycle of prayer, St. Barth Bartholomew's Hempstead, St. Cecilia's Round Top, St. Francis of Assisi, Prairie View, and St. Francis College Station, and for Michael, our presiding bishop. For all who serve God in this church. For the special needs and concerns of this congregation, and those the congregation wishes to name silently or aloud. Hear us, Lord. For your, your mercy is great. We thank you, Lord, for all the blessings of this life. We will exalt you, O God, our King, and praise your name forever and ever. We pray for all who have died 
that they may have a place in your eternal kingdom, especially Lunan and Janet. Lord, let your loving kindness be upon them. We pray to you also for the forgiveness of our sins. Have mercy upon us, most merciful Father. In your compassion, forgive us our sins, known and unknown, things done and left undone, and so uphold us by your Spirit, that we may live and serve you in the newness of life, to the honor and glory of your name. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Almighty God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, have mercy upon you, forgive you all your sins, confirm you in all goodness, and strengthen in you by the Holy Spirit, His Spirit for eternal life. Amen. Amen. The peace of the Lord be always with you. And with thy spirit. <laughs> I love you. God's peace. Peace. Thank you. <laughs> It is my sad duty to inform you that uh, Janet Morgan, the wife of Craig Morgan, uh, who is a priest in our congregation, uh, died yesterday morning after a fall in their apartment. Uh, from what I understand, she did not suffer at any time. She died very quickly. Uh, the funeral will be at here at St. Thomas, but the arrangements have yet to be made. I'm sure it will be next week sometime after Mike and uh, the people who have gone out to sleep on the ground on purpose <laughs> have, have returned. So uh, we can look forward to, to being together to thank God for the life of, uh, of Janet and how much she has meant to us. Uh, as I said, Father Mike is gone to uh, sleep on the ground. Uh, I, I don't understand that, but he does. So, And he spent a lot of his uh, sabbatical gaining a certificate uh, for outdoor leadership and first responder. So he uh, is out being an outdoor leader and first responder. And I think he's going to do it again this summer. So we'll watch. There are other announcements in the uh, uh, St. Thomas News, which is available out here on the uh, on the black table. <coughs> Walk in love as Christ loved us and gave Himself for us, an offering and sacrifice to God.
Don't you cry for me Don't you pity my sorry soul What pains am I having will now be past And my spirit will like Lent. I want to thank uh, uh, Garman for, I should have said something at the announcements, I want to thank him for that uh, informative and heartfelt sermon. And thank you uh, for all, yeah. And I continue to marvel at the amount and quality of music we get from like 10 singers. So it's just amazing to me. Thank you. 
Will you stand, please? All things come of thee, O Lord, and of thine own have we given thee. Amen. This is the table not of the church, but of Jesus Christ. It is made ready for those who love him and those who want to love him more. So come, you who have much faith and you who have little, you who have been here often, and you who have not been for a long time or ever before, you who have tried to follow and you who have failed. Come, not because the church invites you, it is Christ and he invites you to meet him here. The Lord be with you. And also with you. Lift up your hearts. We lift them to the Lord. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right, it is very right and our bounden duty that we should at all times and in all places give thanks unto thee, O Lord, Holy Father, almighty, everlasting God. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord, who was in every way tempted as we are, yet did not sin, by whose grace we are able to triumph over every evil and to live no longer unto ourselves, but unto him who died for us and rose again. Therefore, with angels and archangels and with all the company of heaven, we laud and magnify thy glorious name, evermore praising thee and singing. Thou didst create heaven and earth, and didst make us in thine own image, and of thy tender mercy didst give thine only Son, Jesus Christ, to take our nature upon him and to offer and to suffer death upon the cross for our redemption. He made there a full and perfect sacrifice for the whole world, and did institute and in his holy gospel command us to continue a perpetual memory of that his precious death and sacrifice until his coming again. For in the night in which he was betrayed, he took bread. And when he had given thanks to thee, he broke it and gave it to his disciples saying, take, eat, this is my body which is given for you. Do this for the remembrance of me. Likewise, after supper, Jesus took the cup of wine and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them and said, drink this, all of you, for this is my blood of the new covenant, 
which is shed for you and for all for the remission of sins. Do this as often as you shall drink it in remembrance of me. Wherefore, O Lord and Heavenly Father, we thy people do celebrate and make with these thy holy gifts which we now offer unto thee, the memorial thy Son hath commanded us to make, having in remembrance his blessed passion and precious death, his mighty resurrection and glorious ascension, and looking for his coming again with power and great glory. And we most humbly beseech thee, O merciful Father, to hear us, and with thy word and Holy Spirit, to bless and sanctify these gifts of bread and wine, that they may be unto us the body and blood of thy dearly beloved Son, Jesus Christ. And we earnestly desire thy fatherly goodness to accept our sacrifice of praise and thanksgiving, whereby we offer and present unto thee ourselves, our souls and bodies. Grant, we beseech thee, that all who partake of this holy communion may worthily receive the most precious body and blood of thy Son, Jesus Christ, and be filled with thy grace and heavenly benediction. And also that we and all thy whole church may be made one body with him, that he may dwell in us and we in him. Through the same Jesus Christ, our Lord, by whom and with whom and in whom, in the unity of the Holy Ghost, all honor and glory be unto thee, O Father Almighty, world without end. Amen. And now, as our Savior Christ has taught us, we are bold to say, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen.
God for the people of God, holy gifts for holy people. Take them in remembrance that Christ died for you. Feed on him in your hearts by faith and always with thanksgiving.
everlasting life. Almighty and ever-living God, we most, we most highly thank Thee that Thou hast feed us in these holy mysteries the spiritual food of the most precious body and blood of Thy Son, our Savior Jesus Christ, and thus assure us thereby of Thy favor and good support towards us, and that we are very members incorporated in the mystical body of Thy Son, the blessed company of all faithful people, and are also heirs through hope of thy everlasting kingdom. And we humbly beseech thee, O Heavenly Father, so to assist us by thy grace, that we may continue in holy fellowship and do all such good works as thou hast prepared for us to walk in, through Jesus Christ our Lord, to whom with thee and the Holy Ghost be all honor and glory, world without end. Amen.
The peace of God, which passes all understanding, keep your hearts and minds in the knowledge and love of God and of his Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord, and the blessing of God Almighty, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit be upon you and remain with you always. Amen. Amen.
Oh, it is. Yeah. She's brilliant, and it's really funny because she's doing uh, things when she came to our campus. You see more and more of her cup, the cups popping up all over. Really? Like, all the teachers have. <laughs>